A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. Welcome back. This is the new year. This is actually the first show of the new year for us. We we took a couple weeks off and um, supposed to have a guest today. Unfortunately, um, if you're listening to this in the future, um, you know we're, we're still fighting with COVID, and uh, my guest um, my guest took ill. So um, joining me uh, is my producer Jesse Jameson. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Thanks for having me on, Chris. I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. I, you know, uh, Jess, Jesse's just such a fun guy to talk to, and with all the interaction Jesse does with with the different business um, channels, business hosts, and all that stuff, there's there's so much good information. And so, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna talk today about. Um, you know, let's. I don't. I, I hate the term New Year's resolution. Somebody said the average New Year's re- resolution lasts about sixteen days. Actually, I was on it with a client recently, and they they were joking about that and and um, and asking around the table. And the one guy said, "Well, you know, my mine lasts about sixteen hours, not sixteen days." But um, but it is a you know it it is a time of renewal. It's when we look forward and we we think about you know planning and doing the right things for the year. And so you know, Jesse, let's 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 have some conversation around that. I'm I'm kind of curious so so again for the listeners jesse's not only my producer but jesse has his own show um uh, which channel is that show on jesse it's jesse jameson and friends it's on the variety channel chris and it's a great place for people that want to share a great real life story from their life so i will invite your audience members if they ever want to tune in and if they ever want to share a story to email me Uh, and you can do that very easily just by checking out the show there's an email host button that's right underneath the show and you can you can do that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, so I mean, you know, yeah, you've you've got obviously from a business standpoint, you've got to handle you know guys like me, right, helping us with our shows. But you've got your own show that that, that you need to make successful as well. So, you know, what did you what did you do for your goal setting this year? What what are your goals for your show? Well, you know, you brought up New Year's resolutions. You know what's the trouble with New Year's resolutions? We come up with them a week or two before New Year's. And then when New Year's uh, happens, half of the people don't even start their New Year's resolution. Your show is Transformative Experts. And I'm sure you're more along the lines of, you know, we need to use now. We need to get into the now rather than to the tomorrow. Because tomorrow never comes when it comes to resolutions and goals. And one of the things that I wanted to do last year was I wanted to uh, lose a bunch of weight, which is everybody's New Year's resolution. But I always had excuses that kind of got in the way. The, the, The COVID situation made it where I was actually at home. And I thought, well, there is no more reason not to you know, not to delay it any further. So I, I heard an awful joke around that, you know, um, you know, it, it actually, this was related to my, my daughter going to school. And, you know, the, there, there was the old saying that, you know, people would go to go to college and the first first, you know, semester they put on the freshman 15. Well, that's shifted this year to the COVID-19. You know, they're, they're so they're so um, in, you know, it, it, it's a horrible joke, but but it, they're so into um you know, in, in isolation in a way that eating is one of the things that we've gone to. So, um, so this last year, you actually, you did very well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you and, and you're a lot thinner and I'm sitting here thinking I'm just as fat as ever, but, um, but how'd you do it? 
Well, that's the interesting thing. So I watch YouTube videos a lot. I'm a YouTube video junkie. And uh, I watch some videos on Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. You and I have actually spoken on that topic before. And Kaizen is the basic thought that, hey, why do you have to make leaps when it comes to self-improvement? Why don't you do tiny baby steps, if you will? And after a while, small things really uh, turn huge. So what I did was I had a lot of wants that I think a lot of us want to do. And do you agree, Chris, that when you do a physical, like when you make yourself a better better physical version of yourself, you know, you're probably going to have positive side effects in in your business life as well as other aspects of your life besides the physical aspect? Yeah, well, I I think that that anything that helps you with your self-image um, over time has has all kinds of positive side effects, right? I mean, you know, and, and let, let's face it, you know, psychology is everything. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we think about that enough, especially in the business world. You know, I don't, I don't know if business people think about the effects of psychology, but, but, you know, people who are in a positive state of mind will generate greater positive results, will have a greater positive outlook. And those that are caught in kind of like the downward spiral are going to have all kinds of all kinds of problems. Um, we were talking about that, you know, today. I mean, there's there there is a, a a cultural issue going on in this this one organization, and um, you know, working from home, you know, in their particular field, it's it's a you know a, a, the type of organization where people thrive on working in groups and brainstorming and doing this through Zoom just kind of isn't quite the same. I mean, they're making it work, but but we've been able to watch over the year people's energy just starting to wane. And and whereas maybe the first few weeks you'd have a Zoom meeting with all this, you know, all these people and everybody's energized and going. Now here we are months later, and it's like pulling teeth getting people to engage because they they're they're losing that. There's this kind of um, uh, there was a, a, a thought leader by the name of Benjamin Zander. Benjamin and his wife, Ros, Rosalind or Rosamond Zander. I, I have to go back a few years. In my mind. And they used to talk about um, what they called the downward spiral. And that's that's the, the kind of the negative building upon the negative, building upon the negative. We, we get into almost this depressive cycle. So I, I believe that anything we can do that breaks that, and if that's about improving, you know, your your self image and being more positive, anything we can do that breaks that is is going to have a positive side effect and is actually going to break that downward spiral cycle and move us up. Yeah. So what what I was bringing at with regards to because I agree with that that what you just said there. I I agree that if you're in a negative mindset, it can really have negative aspects on all parts of your life, both personal and financial. Um, So what I was doing with Kaizen is I said, hey, I want to make small improvements to my physical health every day because I think it'll have a positive uh, side effect on all other aspects. And so what I started doing was I started instead of soda, Chris, I would drink water, right? And um the next small step I did was I started doing a 20 or 30 minute walk in the morning, right? As you hold up your Coca-Cola bottle, I know <laughs> soda is addictive, right? So if you drink one, you're, you're apt to go ahead and start drinking them all the time. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden you're not drinking soda, you're drinking water. 
And then I decided, well, why don't I make that next step? One of the other things I do a lot is I eat a lot of sweet, sugary cereals, which are basically just dessert, if you think about it. Yeah. And I gave those up for more along the lines of, you know, Cheerios and, and stuff. So I still eat normal foods. I just cut out the sugar. And it had a real positive effect. A couple months later, I went from 195 to 165, which, by the way, gave me more energy so that I could do more uh, in my producer role here at the work so it did have a positive effect uh i i have to tell you you really you know you really do look good and you're motivating me to to kind of get on this i, I like the idea of incremental um incremental change and it's, it's it's no different than you know again how we talk about it with with businesses and and executing and doing things um you know there's a certain aspect of when behavior needs to change we have to change habits and changing a habit is, is hard because it often requires breaking a bad habit. And, um, and furthermore, once you break the bad habit, establishing a new one, you, you kind of almost can't do it all, all at one time. It, it's this process. And, and, and they say that it takes like up to 12 weeks to break a bad habit and then it takes 12 weeks to build a good habit. That's, I mean, you're six months. You're six months to create a, a real change in your habits. And that requires a lot of discipline. So, you know, uh, like, we'll stay, stay with the sugary stuff. I'm not as much into the sugary stuff. And I, I joked and showed you that bottle of pop, but this is the first one I've had in a while. So I've been kind of doing some, some of these little things. But, but it's easy to, to, to do it for a period of time. The question is, how do you maintain the discipline and not go back? So sugary cereals, okay, great, cut them all out, you know, try to find other things. But what about that one day that you don't have what you need to eat in the fridge or whatever, you didn't get out grocery shopping, and what's sitting there on the shelf is the sugary cereal. So you grab it, and does that trigger the old behavior? Does it, does it cause you to slip in? So what are, you know, what were some of the techniques you used to build a discipline, actually change the habits? So there are boring times. There are times where, you know, I don't want to necessarily have a bowl of Cheerios or I don't necessarily want to have a salad or, or whatever the, the options are. I usually have options, but I don't necessarily want them all the time. What's interesting is, is right when I quit sugar, I thought, well, I still like my salty Doritos. But you want to know something interesting, Chris? The reason we like salty Doritos is because we break those up every now and then with a sweet cookie or something that's sweet right it's yeah. kind of a balancing the, thing the salt and sweet cycle almost yeah so what happened is my first couple of days i was eating a lot of salty doritos but i got to the point where i was like i don't want another salty dorito the best way i can describe that is you know let's say somebody works at a submarine shop uh, as a teenager i love submarine sandwiches i've had a million great ones in my life but if i worked there every day i bet after a year it would be very rare for me to even eat one and that's how that's how salts worked for me too yeah. so now i eat a lot of bland foods i still love a good steak and a good you know chicken meal with rice and what have you um but when you don't eat sugar you'll end up not craving salts and what happens is after about 90 days your body just starts shrinking um i actually have to kind of drink some protein powder occasionally uh, and eat an extra bowl or two of this that and the other just to kind of maintain my 165 pounds now because i really don't want to get high school skinny like like some people do i i i really didn't like being super small in high school what about uh you know okay so so you know obviously it's not as much of a business topic but again these things you know changing habits all that stuff relates to the same thing but what about like the exercise component of it so you and i right now um you know i'm 
you know, as, as a consultant, as somebody who works with businesses, you know, at least when we were out and we were traveling, you know, I was getting a lot of walk time in airports and a lot of other places and you get up and you get out of a meeting and you walk around, and you do other things. And now, you know, I, I, I come down and, and my day started today at seven o'clock. I'll actually go till six because I'm, I'm working out of the house and I'm spending the whole time on my computer sitting on my butt. Right. And this is like five days a week. It's, you know, it was different when I was traveling. I'd have a travel day where I might be doing a little bit of driving, you know, on a plane. You know, you have some downtime. You go to a hotel. You might do a little work at night, but you kind of get around. You're, you're, you know, I, I was in constant motion and that's gone. You know, you being in the radio industry, you know, as a producer, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of sit on your butt time as well. How are you managing the exercise aspect of it? What are you doing to, 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 to again, force yourself and build some of these habits? Because, you know, it's really easy to get in the habit of sitting around, but it's harder to get in the habit of getting up and getting in motion. Yeah. So would you agree with me when I say that about half of us in the country are working from home currently? Uh, yeah, if not more. Right. And I'm one of the, those people. I'm working from home. So what I do is I walk to work each day. What I do is I started off with a 20 minute walk. I progressed that to 30 minutes. And now my average walk is probably closer to 45 minutes. And what I do is uh, my shift starts, let's say at 9 a.m. I'm out the door by 8. So I'm ready to work by 845. Huh. You know, that's a what a great idea. Walk to work when you're living at home. You know, um, and, 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 and let's not confuse somebody that might have just tuned in. I, I'm not walking physically to work. I'm walking through the neighborhood, enjoying sure. the beauty of, uh, you know, the other people's well manicured lawns. I've always been a big fan of how people, uh, you know, have their own unique lawn set up with regards to their shrubs and their bushes and their trees. And we've got some real beautiful ones here in the neighborhood. So I just do a nice 45 minute walk, get that vitamin D in from the sun. And uh, by the time the shift starts, my yawns and everything are gone. But I did have to replace that with something, Chris. You know, in the morning, a lot of times we will sit there and drink a cup of coffee, which, by the way, I'm one of these weird people. I've never drinking coffee in my life. <laughs> so I would just kind of wake up in zombie mode, staring at the TV for about an hour or two. I still wake up and stare at the TV for about a half hour or 45 minutes. But then I do ultimately get my sweats and my sweater on and I head out the door. I have an advantage this time of year because I live in Arizona. So where you might be in a place where it's 20 below zero, yeah. you know, I'm in the in the 50s. So it's not too bad. I'll, I'll tell you just just a funny side note on that. So yesterday was one of those days. It's, it's one of the days I consider like some of the worst weather days. It was misting all day yesterday, but it was 25 degrees. I don't know how that works. I don't know how the mist doesn't turn to snow at that point. I, I guess just something about it, it was just right. And my driveway was, was a sheet of ice. I mean, I actually went outside and it's got a little bit of a pitch on it. And I was able to actually just slide down the pitch to where the street was. And uh, that does make it a little hard to get out and walk around, you know, um, but you, know, you step on the grass, you walk, you walk off the sideways and all that. But, um, but uh, anyway, so we're, you know, if you can believe it, we're already coming up on our on our first break. Um, you know, hey, Chris, what's what's that movie with Ebenezer Scrooge? Uh, what's it called? Oh, God. Um, it's uh, 
Charles Dickens. Why can I not remember it all? A Christmas I, Carol. Well, anyway, I saw that for Carol. Turner Classic, and in, yeah. and in the in the Christmas Carol, the governor, his which is the I guess the name they call a, a gentleman back yeah. in the day. His he is the nephew of Ebenezer Scrooge, and at the beginning of the movie, he's sliding down the ice path uh, of the street with the kids, yeah. uh, with Tiny Tim and stuff. So I actually, when you say the sliding path, even though I live in Arizona and don't even know what ice is, I did. Uh, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. So, um, so, so, um, let's let's take a little break. Uh, we'll let the you know we'll let the advertisements do their their role, but we'll come back and and actually. So, so we've been talking a lot of personal stuff. Obviously, I'd like to talk a little bit about you know what's going on in your business. We'll talk a little bit maybe about what's going on with some clients beginning of the year and how how clients are pushing forward with their planning for next year. So, stay tuned. We'll be back in just one minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of The Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit MexicuteGroup.com. That's M-E-X-E-C-U-T-E Group.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with Jesse Jameson. Uh, you know, so Jesse, a few minutes ago, you utilized the the term kaizen, and uh, kaizen, you know, in the Japanese, it could mean continuous improvement or incremental improvements. You know, it has a few meanings along that. Um, many in this country have gotten to know it because it's been associated with lean, but it's a concept that goes back, a th- you know, well, probably a couple thousand years. It's it's as old as the Japanese culture. Um, you know, it's it it is certainly something that can be applied to any aspect of your life, right? I mean, so you you know you talked about it in the personal life, but um, how have you you know when you think about you know your show, your production, your work, and even the work at the station. Okay, so, you know, the people that you work with there, uh, how have you guys, you know, utilized Kaizen to make yourselves a better business? Yeah, so it's interesting. At the beginning of COVID-19, about half of my fellow producers were kind of in the doom and gloom side of like, oh my God, this is going to shut everything down. It's going to be a a domino effect that just happens overnight. 
and it's really easy to be in that negative camp, right? But I I chose kind of right from the get-go that I wasn't going to be in that negative camp. You know, when we uh, find fo- folks that want to host a talk show on the network, specifically like let's say on the business channel, you're not dealing with an average Tom, Dick, or Harry. You're dealing with somebody that usually is a go-getter, wants to come up with solutions to problems rather than harp or dwell on problems. And so I kind of took those same aspects of, you know, I don't see how this is going to affect us in a negative way at all because we're not looking for the average person that's doom and gloom to do a show. We're looking for a mover and shaker, somebody that's going to come away uh, enjoying the challenge of the, of the problems and hurdles to overcome. And so what was interesting is when I reached out uh, where I used to collect uh, a lot of hosts to do shows on the variety channel and the empowerment channel, I noticed that the business channel uh, is one of our channels that's really thriving right now because business folks, I, I think, Chris, you guys have a different mindset. You guys are okay with evolving and transforming um, because you're always going to try to be a little bit better than you were the year before, if that makes sense. Well, I, I like to think that the successful business people anyway will, will look at things. It's, it's kind of amazing to me how many, um, how many people, uh, you know, faced covid with doom and gloom i you know i i had you know one client in particular um you know ultimately just shut down i mean you know and they were not in it they were not in an industry where that should have happened okay look i get it you know restaurants you know restaurants are are losing customers they're losing business you know if you're in personal services um you know i've got a client that's just you know, gosh, one of the one of the best groups of people. They're in the they're in you know they own spas. You know, of course, they're going to be affected, and yet they're still looking at the ways to, to to keep their business going. But this was a company in 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 an industry that that actually hasn't been negatively affected um, from a sales standpoint. The economy, crazy enough, the economy is still kind of strong. Um, you know, we were pre-COVID, we were heading toward a recession. The indicators were there. Um, if you look at some of the economic indi- indicators like the PMI, the, the Purchasing Managers Index and all of that, um, you know, those numbers were starting to decline. Um, you know, we have had very long-term low um, unemployment, which is inflationary, right? And so if you think about it, you know, um, when there's not a lot of people, in order for companies to get people or to retain people, they have to spend more money. And that only goes on so long before they have to raise prices. And when they start raising prices, that's when you start getting inflation. And um, as inflation occurs, you know, consumers kind of slow down their buying. And then you slide into a recession and then people get laid off. And, you know, know, that's part of the cycle. All that was kind of in play. And then COVID hit. And the funny part was is, is, yeah, some companies took advantage of it and kind of – you know, used it as an opportunity to downsize their workforce. It was smart thinking, I think, for them because they were heading in that direction anyway in that need. Um, but generally speaking, you know, a lot of companies have, have seen a fair amount of success. And I'm not talking about those that supply medical, um, you know, medical products and items. I mean, I, I've got clients that are not related to medical at all, but, you know, are having um, – good years. Okay. Now I can't say that they're having a super strong year. They're not going to hit the numbers that they, you know, that they put on their, their budgets and targets pre COVID, but they're also not, they're not dying. And the smart ones have 
approach this as, you know, this is just like any other business. Uh, I, I hate to use the word glitch. It's bigger than that. But, but you know, you face you face things that negatively affect your business all the time. If, you, if you're in a strong company, whether it's change of competition, change of market, somebody comes out with a disruptive product, whatever the case may be. And what do you do? Do you lay down and die? Or do you, you know, kind of slide back, plan, and, and, and find ways to move your, your organization forward. And the smart companies are doing that, even in the face of COVID. Um, you know, part of one of the questions this morning, um, we were talking, and, and the, the question this one CEO came up with is, well, you know, do we look at this as a blip, or do we look at this as a new normal? And the truth is probably somewhere in between, right? I mean, you know, uh, COVID, there's kind of an acute part of COVID, the whole pandemic that hit us so quickly and changed how we operate that, um, you know, that we had to make some adjustments. And once the vaccine's out, once we get it under control, if it does become kind of like the flu where people get vaccinated every year and it just exists and the numbers prove out to be where they're looking to be and, and it becomes part of our life, then, then we'll, we'll, we'll move into kind of some form of a normal state or a continuous state afterwards. But that new normal is going to be different. We can now do meetings on Zoom when we need to. Um, one, of my, one of my international clients, you know, they had um, huge expenses with international travel. And, you know, it just seemed like every time they needed to have a meeting, everybody had to jump on a plane and go somewhere. And it was one of their biggest complaints because international travel was getting more and more and more expensive. And those Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other platforms had existed prior to COVID. They were, they were incredibly reluctant um, to utilize those tools because they felt like they had to be face-to-face. -face. Well, now that they're forced to, I can't tell you how many of them, they're all telling me, you know what? We're not going back to international travel after this. We're not doing it. We don't need to. It's too much a waste of time. Chris, um, what's interesting is like where, where, what you're saying makes sense. Let's say you're having a bunch of people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of a year for a corporation to fly people around from place to place around the world. I can see how a Zoom meeting could literally save them so much money that they decide, hey, even if the world changes back, let's keep it the way it is to keep our costs low. What's interesting is, is whenever there is something holding you back, for example, don't you agree that it seems almost impossible to keep a restaurant open nowadays, um, just based on how hard it is to get as many people as you need in your restaurant to make it work? But here's the interesting thing, especially in America, we are so, we have such great thinkers. We're going to find a way to make it work. And yeah. the person that makes it work first is going to be the big winner. But there's going to be a lot of people that are able to springboard off of their invention. For example, I remember the first week or two that we were starting to experience lockdowns. And I mean, way back in like March, April, May, they were showing bars that were coming up with these plastic partitions that would be almost on mm -hmm. shower rods in between people. Yeah. And I thought that's genius. And that's after only 10 days. Give us 
uh, six months, give us a year on any situation. I mean, Chris, for example, we know that people are trying to find out how to terraform and live on Mars, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in NASA circles. Those same geniuses are going to come up with something we can do to, to save the restaurant industry. Um, I've been ordering a lot of takeout and I still go to the grocery store. I mean, we still have to eat. So there's yeah. got to be a way, you well, know. And you just hit it. We still have to eat. And and I do love the inventive nature of people in crises like this. This is when we see our our societies catapult forward. If you really, you know, I mean, you know, this isn't the first time we faced this. Look at the dark ages. You had the plague, you had other things. And yet it took all kinds of inventions to break us through. But let's touch on the restaurant industry for one minute. Let me share a statistic. So um, 20 years ago, um, 21 years ago, really just around Christmas is when I left Big Boy. I left, uh, uh, well, I guess it was 20 because it was, it was 2000 when I left. Um, and um, I remember just before leaving, I was, I was reading kind of um, an article. So the National Restaurant Association, um, you know, uh, used to have a newspaper. I'm, I'm sure they still do. It's probably online these days. But they had a, you know, a, it was weekly or monthly. And, and, the, and the article was all about restaurants opening and closing. It was kind of an industry report. And that particular year, which, which was a good year for restaurants, um, saw 40,000 new locations. Okay, so, so if, if it's a chain, um, let's say Burger King or McDonald's, and they open 10 of them, so that counts as, as location. So, so I, I don't want to say new restaurants because it wasn't about differentiation, but there were 40,000 new locations that opened that year, and there were 42,000 closures. So there was actually a shrinkage of 2,000 locations nationally. You're in, that's just in the United States. And that was in 1999, a good year. You know, restaurants are opening and closing all the time, and what... What makes a restaurant successful isn't just being open and isn't just serving food. You got to have a good environment. You got to have good service, and you've got to have um, uh, you got to have good food. I mean, you got to have that, you know, and all the all the stuff that goes with it. Well, how has COVID changed any of that? Um, our population, okay, yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're losing a few people, but our population isn't really any smaller. So, so the food demand is still there. You know, um, grocery stores, you can, you know, you can order and pick up your, your stuff. That's actually been around for a number of years. In cities, you've had services like Peapod and some of the others where you could have groceries delivered to your house. Um, now, some do it better than others. Our, our, our Kroger here at the corner is, um, is, is not, very, not very good in that, that every time we place an order, half the items are wrong. But, you know, we, we make bot do. And I'm going to tell you, if I think about the restaurants in the area, the couple that closed that, that haven't survived COVID were the ones that didn't think it through. They were the ones that didn't, didn't consider how to survive. They just thought, oh, I just got to shut down. And how long can I pay my rent if I'm not in business and whatever? Uh, one, one place I, I, I know, and I won't, I won't name a name, you know, they, were, they just didn't offer carryout. They've never offered carryout. They're not going to offer carryout. Well, guess what? They're not around. You know, and, and, but I can tell you there's a ton others in this area that are thriving, you know, and unfortunately they're not able to, you know, pay people because they don't have service in the restaurant, but they're thriving. Um, great example, I just ordered from a restaurant the other night. And um, what was really incredible is because you don't think about this is the, the guy who took the order, which happened to be the manager, he was in there. He probably had a cook and, and one other support person. He said, he said, you know, with, with COVID being what it is, we have a lot of people not working. Would you like to, to, um, would you like to put a tip 
on here. And just so you know, what we're doing is we're using the tips to help support our wait staff that can't work. But wow. What a great way to think that through. Do you know what? Not only did I give a really nice tip, because I would have, I would have paid a tip if I went in there anyway, but I'll order from them again because I'm thinking they're taking care of their people. So times like this create innovative thinking. And how do we, how do we capitalize on that? You know, it's, I think it's something to think about. So I, I'm, not, I'm not always going to buy this whole thing that restaurants are shutting down uh, because COVID killed them. Uh, restaurants are shutting down because they didn't adjust and they didn't, they didn't figure out a way to survive. Yeah, I ordered Chipotle just uh, the day before yesterday. And during the last, uh, you know, eight, nine months, I've probably ordered Chipotle about half a dozen times. So it's not one of those, you know, every other day type treats by any means, but it involves a delivery and you can place the tip right there when you do the order. And I always try to look at it as in, hey, this is the first time that you're giving a tip to somebody that might be risking their their health, you know, in the name of feeding the public. And so, you know, you give a couple extra dollars. You know, what's interesting is right now we hear the stories about the guy that leaves a $1,000 tip or a $10,000 tip. But if this creates a world where the guy that only leaves a $1 tip can start, you know, maybe leaving a bigger tip in the future, that might lead to, you know, a better situation for the waiters and waitresses and busboys out there. I, uh, I've had a lot of friends, especially when I was younger, uh, that, that were waiters and waitresses and busboys. And they always have a story of about, you know, two or three people that come in and they order a bunch of stuff and they make a big mess and they're a big pain. And then they leave a really tiny tip. And I always thought that that was kind of horrible. So now, you know, you know, maybe people can start leaving better tips, but to get to what your point is, yeah, if you're not evolving, you're kind of moving backwards. You know, I mean, what better time for a small company to go ahead and order a website and get a delivery service set up? Um, you know, a lot of times small companies just only survive based on, you know, their good name and their high quality food. Well, you know, there's nothing stopping them from entering that next space of, of mastery, you know, and if some of the uh, bigger companies or, or bigger chains are having a hard time, uh, you know, making changes on a big size around the country, that's an advantage that, that a small business could have, at least when it comes to, to food delivery and what have you. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, as I think about even, even my business and, you know, certainly I've got, you know, competition, but I've also got friends who eh, maybe they're technically competition, but, you know, we share best practices and I, gosh, about, it was just before Christmas, I was talking to to a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in months who, who does something similar, but he's, you know, he's a consultant and, and, you know, gets out and gets on the road like I, you know, used to, and will probably again. And, and I said to him, how's your year been? He said, well, you know, he said, it's COVID. I mean, my year has really kind of sucked. My business really slowed down. I said, well, well, why? Your, your clients wouldn't, wouldn't do it face-to-face. Oh, you know, my work can't, it ha- has to be done face-to-face. It can't be done via video. Well, I might have said the same thing a year ago, right? I mean, what I, what I do really does require being in the room, but guess what? It doesn't. And, and he didn't really rethink it, and his business is just really, really down. And, you know, I'm looking and thinking, wow, you know, I was traveling two days a week, and now I'm busy five days a week. Uh, the, the thing I'm struggling with is when COVID's over and we get back to traveling, how am I going to make that work? Because, you know, 
how do I find the extra two days? I, I filled up with all this extra client time. More than ever, people were looking for the kind of help that we provide and what, what he does more than ever and his competition's kicking his butt. You gotta adapt with the times. You gotta, you gotta look for the silver linings. You gotta look for the opportunities and say, how can I capitalize on this? And with that, Jesse, we're up on our next break already. So Good stuff. Uh, yeah, let's let's take a pause. We'll come back. Uh, we got one more one more segment to go, and uh, we'll continue this conversation. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be back in one minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of The Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with Jesse Jameson. Um, Jesse, over the break, we, we, were, we were talking a little bit about people. Can you just ask that question again? Because I'd love, the, I'd love the, the listeners to hear it. Yeah. So you said that your friend was kind of in a, we have to do this face to face. Uh, and the, the side effect of that or the, the long term effect of that was that his, his business is kind of struggling right now. And I asked you during the break, is that a place where you could delegate authority? You know, if you don't know how to maybe take that next step and get your business online, maybe you could find an expert that can, that could create networking situations. And, you know, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, Absolutely. Right. You know, tackle every opportunity you can. Um, you know, honestly, if, if, if you're finding you don't if, if you're in the consulting world and you don't have a lot of client work, what should you be doing with your time? You need to be figuring out how can I work with clients? It's a time to retool your processes. It's a time to retool the, the work you're doing or to change your methodology. And if you don't know how to do it, hire somebody. There's somebody out there that knows how to do it. 
there are experts out there on this stuff. I mean, that's what I did. You know, we want to take a look at at, at the brand and I'm taking, so you know what I did? I'm not going to go figure out how to rebrand my company or how to, how to add some things to it. Let's hire it out. But here's the, here's the extra benefit, right? So as I've, I've looked at other and, and, and started working with some other people, all of a sudden my, my business is growing again. And, you know, I said before the break, I don't know how I'm going to handle it when the business comes back. And now all of a sudden I've got more, more clients and I have time to travel. Well, I'll tell you how I'm going to handle it. I'm going to start handing off some of that work to some of my other colleagues. And it's how I can continue to build my organization. You know, prior to COVID, one of the biggest problems that, that, companies were facing was was finding good people. I mean, you know, the unemployment was low, people were expensive. And the one thing I kept hearing is I can't find people, I can't find people, I can't find people. So, you know, I'm talking to people and I said, well, you know, you've been complaining about not finding people for a long time. Well, guess what? People are available now. And if they're not on the market because their company has scaled back or, or, or you know, maybe terminated or downsized, but um, I know of a lot of people who are disgruntled they're unhappy with how their company handled them during this. I know, I know companies did a great job, but I know a lot of companies that did not do a good job. And um, th- there's no better time for headhunters, right? Because, because these people are just like, oh, this is how my company really is. This is how they're going to treat people. I, I want to go work somewhere else. Th- this is a great time. People are taking pay cuts and they're jumping. So my, my clients that have really accelerated forward and performed have actually you know, not only utilized, you know, this time to maybe downsize or, you know, eliminate some staff, but, but what they've done also in some cases is this has been a good time to, at the beginning, they eliminated some C players some people who weren't performing. And then as they retooled their goals and everything, they've gone and maybe hired different positions or different types of people, but they've upgraded talent. And there's that, that is, that's absolutely optimal as well. Yeah, when there's so many people available, you you have the ability to really get some prime time players that can really expand your business in a positive way. And if it creates networking opportunities where you can hand stuff off to others, I think that's going to have a really good future effect on your business, Chris. What's interesting is there's some people that when they come upon a problem or a challenge or a hurdle in life, it really bogs them down and it sets them back. There are other people among us, though, that really enjoy problem solving. Um, you know, what's interesting, Chris. I've heard so many people on the news talk about how half the kids in such and such city are failing math or they're doing poorly at school. There should be a million and one unemployed folks that are college educated that should be thinking this is a time to take advantage of tutoring. Mm-hmm. I have an ability to communicate with clients. Of course, I can use that to communicate with teenagers and junior high kids and even elementary kids. There should be people out there making a mint on tutoring and finding out how to bring private education to individuals. There's opportunities out there. They will eventually be exploited. And maybe they already are. We just haven't heard about them yet because, you know, the news right now has a lot of doom and gloom with regards to politics and yeah, policy yeah. and everything. So they don't necessarily have a, a lot of time for the good positive stories but Chris the, 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 the one thing that's interesting is like I said whenever there's a problem in life a lot of people it bogs them down but there are some people out there that really relish in problem solving and, and I think that we're looking for problem solvers well yeah and um, I also think if we go back to what, what, what we talked about a few minutes ago about you know positive self image right and so so there, there are other things that can create 
they 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 can create this kind of positive um, self image and and, and self worth. And again, a time like this, with a, you know, considering the downward spiral, it's really easy to feel negative. You've got not not just political issues. We've got racial issues. You've got you know some wars. You've got COVID. You've got so many things. And we're and we're so inundated with bad news. And let's face it. And I know I'm a member of the media these days, but but let's face it. You know you know bad news sells advertising, right? And so you know it, it's it's there's not always the incentive to focus on the good when there's enough bad things to report. And it seems like, you know, with people getting information from so many different sources, everybody's competing to have the right bad news, right? And so we have this kind of depressive situation. And if you turned around and you focused on, uh, forget the money you might be able to make with tutoring. What if you, what if you just looked at the benefit of helping somebody else? You know, you know, as you help others, you will feel better about yourself. And then what that does is that adds again to the positive image, positive attitude, and moves us in the right direction. Um, we have this tool we use. It's called the accountability ladder. And, um, you know, if you could imagine a la- ladder with rungs and there's a line right in the middle of the ladder. And um, the line is the line of reality. It's the stuff happens line. And let's, let's have you just, just you're, you're, you're standing right at that point on the ladder. So something happens. Okay. Um, However you want to look at it, something happens. The question is, do you go up the ladder or do you go down the ladder? We are naturally wired to a negative bias. It's part of our fight or flight mechanism. And that negative bias means that when something happens, um, our first tendency is to look at it in a negative way. It's a protection mechanism, but in the long period of time, it's also a little depressive. And so here, something, you know, event happens and our reaction, if it's negative could be anything from as simple as well there's nothing i can do about it so i'm not going to do anything to you know blaming others and coming up with excuses and a whole bunch of other kind of negative behaviors and in the long run that creates you know feelings of frustration can make people demoralized add to depressions as well all that and those are all unconscious or unaware behaviors if we're not aware that it's happening it's a natural state that we can go to um, we tend to call that side of the line the victim side. It's, it's a series of victim behaviors where, where we look at what the world is doing to us. Okay? So, again, you take a look at the bad news. You take a look at, you know, this is, COVID killed my business. COVID killed my restaurant. COVID killed this. COVID, you know, well, yeah, you could look at it that way. But, but what's the real problem? What's your ownership on it? Because if, on the other hand, you could take a look at the thing that occurred and say, you know what? I get it. This is a reality of a situation. Let's let's talk about this. And, and you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace this. I, instead of instead of making an excuse, I'm gonna say, okay, I get it. And as a result, I'm gonna start looking for solutions, and I'm gonna try to put something in action. Now you're being accountable, right? And and that creates that creates transformation, and in the long run, it creates a certain level of gratitude and, and feelings of self-worth again. And these are things that can help us move towards a positive mindset, which, by the way, um, you know, physiologically, the positive mindset puts us in a more creative state, which allows us to solve problems. So those people that you were talking about a few minutes ago that are natural problem solvers, those particular people, um, actually, they have the ability of living in the creative state, living in the, well, what if, and how could we do this, and where do we go with it? And that comes from years of practice, whether it was subconscious or conscious, that's years of practice to get your mind that way. But if we're unaware, 
Instead of being problem solvers, we're victims. We're, we're, you know, the problems are happening to us as opposed to our owning things. And that's, that's what separates the people that are going to really, really survive and come out and, and be teed, teed up to do good things you know, as, th- as we move back to some level of normal versus the ones that aren't. Because you know, the people who have just allowed kind of COVID or anything else, and even if we're not talking, allow other things to happen to them, those are the same people that when those things stop, It'll just be what, what's the next thing that's going to happen to them? What's the next thing that's going to hold them back? We have to be accountable. We have to choose to be solution-focused, and that takes discipline. I see a lot of husbands and wives that are uh, posting comments on Facebook, and it's interesting because they, they don't necessarily post one comment. They might post. 30 or 40 comments over the course of the week and a lot of times it's negative or or little funny posts and I always think god that's somebody that's investing five or six hours into just wasting time on Facebook they could be devoting five or six hours into doing some side hustle or a side gig you know you have your own show I have my own show I really enjoy having my own show I get to hear a lot of people share a lot of life stories and I think to myself if ever there was a person that wanted to start their own podcast or this that and the other now might not be a bad time you know get used to building an audience so instead of just griping at your friends on Facebook maybe you're griping to strangers and developing an audience out there in the world there's so many things that you can do if you try to stay positive you know one of the things that um, I was always taught Chris is that you can create a positivity journal mm-hmm. you know every day every day you write two or three positive things down and then over the course of a month you have a couple hundred positive things that have happened and you can quit thinking about uh, and dwelling on the negative things so much um you know, there's some people that are going through a hard time right now because of the COVID situation. But the COVID situation might have kind of been a catalyst or a, a situation where it kind of showed a weakness that a business had. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of businesses that before COVID were kind of really loving their old school roots and refused to get an online presence because they wanted to stay true to their roots. Um, Well, we're starting to realize that there might be a negative to that. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of the businesses that have just decided to fold up the tent and call it a day when what they really need to do is, is kind of be open to learning new things. Scary to learn new things, you know. You know, um, I had an uncle who always had all these great sayings, and one of my favorites, um, and it's a, it's an old cliche, but is you know, he used to say, "To stand still is to retreat." And, and and you know, the meaning behind that obviously is that the world is always in motion, your competition is always in motion, the people around you are always in motion, and um, if if you're ahead, then to stop and stand still, everybody's going to move past you. Right. You know, you, you don't you don't stay ahead by by staying motionless. And, you know, I, again, yeah, we got covid, but there are so many other things that can change the game for companies. And it, it just it's essential. Technology has made it so that it, it's essential for us to continually be looking at ways to be better, to do something different, to transform. We talk, you know, transformative experts. What are we doing to create transformation? Change is scary. It's people love living in complacency. They, they love to, to just do the same thing and not have to think about it until 
the change affects them. I, I had a friend, Linda Mitchell. I, I, God, I haven't thought about her name. She was an author, and she wrote a book. Um, I think the book was called Choose Change Before Change Chooses You. And um, really think in terms of that. You know, Think about that. Choose change before change chooses you. Well, guess what? Ch- change chose a whole bunch of people starting last year about this time. And it's now been a year. Chris, what's interesting about the way you said that, and I love the title of her of her story, Choose Change Before Change Chooses You, is there are two types of people in this world. There are proactive people and there are reactive people. And reactive people are starting to realize that when you have to wait till something happens and then react, it's you're really behind the eight ball. If you can be proactive, maybe plan for a rainy day or a tough situation or, or dare I say a plague, right? You might be able to handle things better. You know, one of the things that I did uh, over the past two years, in addition to trying to lose weight and trying to apply Kaizen to my life is I've also tried to apply some minimalism to my life. You know, there's so many people in the world that want to invest money into a business or into an investment, but they're so busy wasting their money on frivolous things. The cool thing with COVID is it's kind of taught us that, you know, maybe these material things that we bought they might be holding us back from our goals. It might be good to, you know, learn to spend less uh, and save more so that you can invest more in yourself. So I'm not one of these that says, hey, save money and just bury it in the bank. You know, I think if you make money uh, off of your savings by investing and stuff, I I, I think that there's a a win-win situation. Absolutely. Um, You know, we've only got about a minute or two left. And uh, actually, before we, before we, um, uh, wrap things up. I do want to ask, since you, your your show is is relatively new, how is it going? It is a lot of fun. What amazes me is I'm 44, Chris, and I feel like if you put you know me up to it and said, "Hey, you can't leave this building until you come up with 10 stories from the, your past," I would come up with 10 stories so quickly uh, that I'd be out of that building quickly. Uh, but yet, when I do talk to strangers and say, "Hey, do you have a great story that you'd like to share?" A lot of times, people are shy or they bottle it up or they actually tell me, "I don't. Nothing happens in my life," and it blows me away because I feel like we all deep down have a bunch of stories to share. So I wanted to invite you, Chris, yeah. on Jesse Jameson and friends, and I'm hoping you could share, you know, some of your college day stories or something. something oh boy, fun. yeah, yeah. You know what? On that channel, I might because maybe I won't have my regular listenership there um, because I, I I don't want to embarrass myself too much. But um, but yeah, you know, there's there's always great stories, and there's a kind of a guy that's a bit of a ham like I am. Um, you know, I'm sure I've got a lot of them, but it's really funny because you mentioned, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, what, what story would I actually share? You know, do I, you know, we all have a story and that story makes up who we are. And um, so I would love to, to join you, Jesse. Um, and with that, we're, we got to wrap our show. You know, the, 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 we're, we're, we're done for the day. Um, you know, I appreciate everybody. I had, I, I had so much fun. Thank you for oh, having me on. I'm, I'm so glad that, 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 that you can join today, Jesse. We have to do this once in a while. Just just some of the shows like this sometimes can be just really fun and energetic. I hope you as a listener, you, I hope you guys all enjoyed this. Um, please stay tuned. Um, obviously, you want to contact me. You can contact me through the radio website, um, you know, voiceamerica.com. Um, you're also welcome to, um, to you know, go to, go to my author page, um, and uh, all that stuff's listed on, on the website. 
having said that, uh, we'll go ahead and break. We've got another good show coming up next week. Um, hopefully, my guest can 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 make it. And um, and so until then, hey Chris, yeah. Before before we leave, super quick, if somebody is having a business situation where they want their business to ex- to excel and they don't want to just call it a day, yeah. is Chris is Chris Elias somebody that they could reach out to? It, it's uh, yeah. They can always, always reach out to me. So, so thank, thanks for the plug there, Jesse. And, um, and, uh, you know, always, always welcome. Um, you know, certainly you can, you can contact me through my company website, which is www. Dot, it's nexecutegroup.com. It's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E-G-R-O-U-P.com or Chris Elias author, C-H-R-I-S-E-L-I-A-S-A-U-T-H-O-R.com. So two ways to, to, to find me through those, through those websites. Again, you can direct email me through the radio station. Um, appreciate it. And um, we're, we're over our time allotment, so we've got a wrap. And I will, quote unquote, see everybody next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week.